probably the most haunted spot in Augusta, believe it or not, is the old medical college. Welcome to Drop the Disc. This week, we're celebrating Halloween with Michael Wolf. Listen along as the creator of Augusta Haunted Tours takes us through some frightening Halloween stories. He takes us through some of Augusta's most haunted locations, from Augusta University to the Partridge Inn, and finally to my personal favorite, the Haunted Pillar. Welcome to Drop the Disc. My name is David. With me is Chris. Thank you for tuning in. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Wolf. This is kind of our version of, it was a dark and stormy night. Here we go. True, nervous, very, very, very dreadfully nervous I have been and am, but why would you say that I'm mad? The disease had not sharpened my senses, not destroyed, not dulled them. Above all was the sense of hearing acute. I heard all things in the heaven and in the earth. I heard many things in hell. How then am I mad? Hearken and observe how healthily, how calmly I can tell you the whole story. And the reason why we're leading off of that is because one of the things that, you know, first of all, I want to thank you guys for having me on the show again. It's our pleasure. Uh, and we look yes. forward to doing this again and yeah. again. And as I thought about kind of the content of what we could talk about for this fantastic first time Halloween special, you know, you guys are all about the uniqueness and trying to find really fun and kind of unexplored some things to be able to share with your guests. So I really wanted to start off with that because for those of you who don't recognize that, that just happens to be the opening for uh, Edgar Allan Poe's The Telltale Heart. Right. Which is very, I mean, if you, if you know the horror story. Everybody you know, just snapped their fingers and said, oh, yeah, I knew that. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. You know, he, by the way, Edgar Allan Poe was, was the one that gave us the, uh, the murder mystery story. And he actually invented uh, the, the short story. Uh, but uh, anyway, but the reason why I wanted to bring him up is because, you know, uh, Chris, you and I text, uh, text each other earlier during the week. And we talked right. about how this, this, this uniqueness factor of Augusta where I think there's a lot of people sometimes that feel that there's, there's a limited as to what they think about Augusta. You know, we think about the Augusta, the National and the Masters and that kind of thing. But, you know, Augusta really is kind of like this. It's, it's a bicycle wheel with that, with that heavy hub in the middle. That's Augusta with all those spokes going out literally all over the world. And, you know, the Masters is just one of them. But the reason why I wanted to bring up about is that there is a true, real connection between Edgar Allan Poe and Augusta, Georgia. So the, the connection is that if you look at the history, you find out that, um, of course, he was from Baltimore. But uh, he, believe it or not, he had his, had his extended family, he, there were a group of Poes that lived here in Augusta. And there was a banker, first cousin of his, by the name of William C. Poe. He was a banker here. And what we know, in fact, actually, I did, did a little research on this, but I was able to make some connections with uh, the, uh, the folks up in Baltimore with uh, Edgar Allan Poe. If you, if you know the story about them, in fact, have you, either of you seen the movie The Raven? I've never seen the movie The I Raven. I have not. Okay. One of the things you find out about Edgar Allan Poe is he was often in debt. He borrowed lots of money from a lot of people, but he was also, on the other hand, he was very good about uh, repaying the debts. And it turns out that there was this first cousin of his, William C. Poe, here in Augusta, that of all things was a banker. And so there are, there are records on both ends of that there were different, a couple of different sums of money totaling about $100. Was he lending Edgar Allan Poe money? Yes, he was. In fact, this, this is a great story. So he, he, he borrowed a couple of times sums equaling close to amount of $100 a piece. Um, but what was interesting is that several years ago, I ran across a local artist here in Augusta that 
happens to have gone to a an estate sale, and he uh, he, he came across a, a jacket in an estate sale okay. that uh, that he had, and it turns out that the the jacket itself belonged to William C. Poe. Wow. And what's even better about was it this, collateral? Do we know if it was collateral for a debt? I don't know. Well, here's the deal: he he had the jacket for quite some time. Okay, and then he later on discovered in one of the breast pockets of the jacket there was a receipt or something to that, that validated the fact that it was something a notations of the the debt or of a receipt of some sort for Edgar Allan Poe directly. Isn't that crazy? That's so interesting. That is, Incredible. Yeah, it, it was just really weird. It just it really just kind of brought it all together. The other connection that we have here is that if you look at his is you go back to his diary writings, you find out that he makes mention of a southern tour that he made. Now he doesn't talk about specifically that he came to Augusta, but um, it was a, in some of his travels uh, in Baltimore. He came across a very unique and beautiful woman by the name of Octavia Walton. Uh, later on, she get, was married to a lawyer, uh, a doctor. Uh, a French doctor by the name of, of uh, Henry Lavert. So she became Octavia Walton Lavert. But what's interesting about her is that she was the granddaughter of George Walton. So George Walton was, of course, you know, Walton, that, that he yeah. was the youngest signer of the Declaration of Independence. Wow. Um, but what was interesting about her was that she had made such a great impression with him. Now, he met her about 1827, and she wasn't married until 1835. He being Edgar. He being Edgar Allan Poe. Okay. But what was interesting, though, is that he, she apparently made such a, an, a, an indelible impression on him. There is some conjecture, perhaps, that he might have fallen in love with her, or there might have been a little bit of something there. But what was interesting was that he ended up, if you go back and you look at the complete writings of Poe, there is a poem or like a little sonnet that is actually called To Octavia. And this is how it goes. When wit and wine and friends have met and laughter crowns the festive hour, in vain I struggle to forget, still does my heart confess thy power and fondly turn to thee. But Octavia, do not strive to rob my heart of all that soothes its pain, the mournful hope that every throb will make it break for thee. People don't write like that anymore. No. But it's beautiful. So, but, you know, it definitely it came from the heart. I'm going right. to bring it back. I'm going to bring back that writing. <laughs> You're going to bring back that writing? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, Audrey I, would love that. Yeah, especially you being a banana. I mean, it's a, right. <laughs> a haunted, haunted, a haunted, banana. Ba- haunted banana. You know, the top, your hat kind of looks like a pen. I'm looking at it in the screen, and it, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. So well, it, it, we're not here for jovial laughter, though. Yeah. Michael, we're here... For the haunts. For some scary stories. Yeah. Well, we, so I wanted to start off with that, but what's interesting is that, that Octavia... Uh, later on in her life, when, of course, when she passed away, she was buried in the now her her great her okay. So she comes from the Walton side, but also on on the uh, on the maternal side, it was from the the Walker family. Uh, I don't know if you either of you know about the Freeman Walker. Freeman Walker was the gentleman, by the way, that used to own the property. Uh, that Augusta University sits on today. Interesting. But if, and I understand that both of you went to school there? We did. That's right. Yes. Okay. Well, you may know. Certified. All right. So if you go over there, you know, you know of Arsenal Street, and you may have gone up Arsenal Street. So Ars- you've got, yeah. you got the great big campus, but you know, this kind of like sitting right adjacent to it. There's a very small little plot of land right there, less about an acre, and yeah. that's the Walker Family Cemetery. Okay. So when, when Freeman Walker, who, by the way, was a, he worked for the Georgia legislation, uh, Georgia Assembly. Uh, he was a, a U.S. senator. He was a mayor of Augusta. Right. But when he sold the property, it was about 400 plus um, um, acres of land. He sold it to the, to the Confederate government, and that became the Augusta Arsenal 
That was because they, they chose to have that as a property there. But anyway, one of the deal wa- deals was that uh, they had to, they kept that, that one piece of property, the, the, the one acre would, would remain the family cemetery. So, and, it, and it is still there today. And it's still there. So the reason why I bring this to the attention is because, uh, obviously, that's where, because she was in that family, Octavia Walton LeVert. And came, that's right off Walton Way. That's right, Walton Way. And, that is so yeah. crazy, and that's where a potential connection with Edgar Allan Poe is. That's right. So that's those two so connections. Cool. And they're great. So let's talk about Augusta University. Uh, the last thing that I could see was about maybe 2015. But there has been, I don't know if you guys knew this, but there has been in the past, Augusta State University has been on the list of within the top 10 scariest or haunted campuses in the country. I have heard that. Now, I've never heard that. Now, have you, you must have not done not specifically in college. I, <laughs> so we're going to start off with the, the spook- library is terrifying. I, I, will, I will attest to that. The Reese Library, the Haunter Reese Library. That's exactly right. Yeah. So what I would thought I'd do is, is let's talk about some of the, the ghosts, confirmed ghosts that have yes. been seen through the years. Let's do it. Uh, the biggest one of all that people talk about, and I will tell you right now, I have friends that have worked at university, and I'm talking people that are very skeptical, people that it just would not, uh, you know what, I don't subscribe to that kind of thing. Right. Maybe you guys have heard this, but over the years, the biggest and most reoccurring spirit or ghost that's seen on the campus, even today, in fact, is actually to the point where he's even seen sometimes during the daytime, and that is you'll hear people talk about the Confederate ghost. Yes, All right, this, I have heard of that. So the story goes back, one of the earliest records we have that we t- we'll talk about in more modern day times is there was a former um, pr- professor, this is back in the 60s, that had been at the university, or of course, back in those days, it was Augusta College. But, uh, you know, but he had seen, he was talking with a, a fellow colleague out in the parking lot, and he saw someone in the evening time that was walking across kind of the border. And, and this gentleman was dressed in a gray, what he thought was a costume. In fact, actually, I think the, the initial idea or the conjecture was, well, maybe this is somebody that's, you know, one of the performing, you know, he's an actor or something like that, in doing one of the plays there at the school, and he's just walking home. Well, it ends up that they're watch, watching him, and he, as he went across, it was a gray uniform, and they just talked about, and, and every key uh, story that you hear, and this is the one consistent factor, everybody acknowledges that this character or this, this individual has a yellow sash around his waist. Interesting. Now, that would, that would signify that that's a Confederate individual that's an officer of some sort. But, they, but the same story time and time again, you see him walk across, and he gets to the iron gate, of the Walker Family Cemetery, and he just disappears. So you you obviously know his name. Well, it, it, it's conjecture. I mean, it, could it be maybe Freeman Walker himself or maybe one of the other Walkers? I mean, one of his sons? We don't know. But um, there is definitely some, obviously, some unrest that's there. Um, but he's seen, in fact, I, I have a friend of mine that several years ago was working. Uh, she had gone to work as part of the admin. And again, one of these people that's just very skeptical. And she, I can, I can remember t- today where she had called me in so much excitement. I mean, almost out of breath. She said, you're not going to believe it. I actually saw him go across the, the, the campus. Has anyone photographed this ghost You know that, that you guys are so certain exists? That's a good question. Well, you know, the, and of course, by the time, and I would imagine probably not just because of the fact that uh, now that it, he's, he would be kind of like our local Loch Ness, I guess, you know, have to kind of capture him. There you go. Somebody <laughs> needs to. It's our Bigfoot. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, yeah. I, to my knowledge, I haven't heard anybody that's... But at the same time, most people are kind of catching him on, on the kind of the last minute type thing, and there he goes. So now he seems kind of peaceful. Are there any like... Well, you know, there is some unrest. You know, of course, now the, the, I will also... We'll start with also the... Um, 
the two main houses over there that are probably that they say are the most haunted on the Augusta University campus. In the middle campus, of campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is, uh, we've got Bellevue, which, by the way, was the original home of, of Freeman Walker, who owned the property, and, and then also the Benet House. But uh, Bellevue uh, was actually, is, is one of, it's actually pretty much the oldest house that's there. But that's the one that's got some kind of neat stories about it. So uh, after it was sold as the Augusta, became part of the Augusta Arsenal, there was a family that lived there by the name of Galt. And there were two, the story is they were two um, daughters that lived in the home. And the story is that, uh, and their names were Emily and Lucy. Uh, Emily was the youngest, uh, but she apparently had been, the story is that, that one of the, the young soldiers at the arsenal, uh, had, she, they had fallen in love, and then he had presented her with a diamond ring to, to, for an engagement. Uh, and so in, in her excitement, apparently she was, they were upstairs, and she took her diamond ring and she scratched her, her name in, in the glass. Yes. Uh, her sister Lucy, her sister Lucy came and, and took the ring and did the very same thing. And by the way, this is absolutely true because now I, I actually made a phone call today to Reese Library to see if they knew where it was. I do know that it happens to be in storage. They just weren't able to confirm where it is, but that actual, they took the entire pane of glass and it's in storage, but it, it does exist. So their names were right there. But so the story is that, that the young man was killed and so what happened was that um, out of her despondency, Emily, supposedly, sh- she opened up the window and she threw herself out the balcony and killed herself. So it was a suicide type thing. Right. Now, there has been some stories that, that have surfaced over the years, which is that Lucy, apparently there's a possibility that, again, this is nothing confirmed, but there is a bit of, of the alternate story of this, that perhaps Lucy happened to be fallen in love or was jealous of the thing. And maybe Emily didn't jump out the window. Maybe that she was pushed and said, but see, but but people that have been there that have been able to do some 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 uh, haunted type of you know paranormal kind of studies and things, or at least some they, they've said that there are two different spirits that they feel. One is like one a real kind of a calm, light spirited, and the other one is very angry. So that's probably more of the the Lucy character that that's more of the angry spirit. I have heard that, and I've heard that there's screams that happen. Obviously, well, these are all telltales and, and, or possibly just rumors. Yeah, and we're telling you the story, but there again, the, the real the real kind of haunted feelings are the people that work at the university that right. still feel this stuff. So you know, yes. for example, they will hear in the evening time. Maybe they'll hear like in the distance, maybe uh, the the voices of two girls arguing. Um, that kind of thing, and you know, feeling cold in the room, it, it, the kind of cl- classic kind of signs and things that you see on these, you know, paranormal, supernatural type of shows out there. But what happened to Lucy? Um, well, th- there's also a, again the, I, the extended story on that is that one of them apparently, um, apparently went uh, and died in an insane asylum. So maybe she just went bonkers. I don't know. But uh, those are kind of the background stories. And of course, the other the other story is that you'll hear talk about is is the Benet House, uh, which is. The stories, there was a couple of things that happened. There was a, uh, that happened to be the, you know, the house for the the second in command of the arsenal at the time. And there's one of the classic stories they talk about is there was, uh, he being the second in command was busy. And in his time off, he would go hunting or he did have a wife that was, uh, she liked to live beyond her means and, and uh, uh, you know, she loved to dress up in clothing and so forth. And, and uh, but anyway, the story is that uh, he supposedly left one morning uh, after, uh, having her her tea brought to her, he left and and uh, the maid came up to bring up another tray of, of tea, not expecting there was already one there. And uh, this woman, the wife, was on the floor and she was dead, so apparently poisoned. Ooh. Yeah. Now they they said that they that the they weren't able to find any fault specifically with her husband, 
Um, so we don't really know who the fault was, but there again, that is that's another that's another location that is considered pretty haunted for that because a lot of people have have you know they hear like the they they see like a clothing that'll rustle in some of the closets and that kind of thing. So it's um, definitely they definitely seen a lot on that campus. Definitely a lot. So, so what, go ahead, Chris. I, I was about to say. So we we talked about AU. We talked about the graveyard. Is that why maybe you're dressed up like a grave digger? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I am, and, and uh, you know, I've just uh, been digging a lot of fresh graves lately, and, and uh, it, uh, I've got the headstones uh, with the names of uh, David and with uh, Chris. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so um, okay, so David and I are kind of freaked out. Do you have anything that's going to really freak us out? Well, you know, it's... I'm not going to give away the farm, so to speak, because as you know, you guys, we, we, I do haunted history tours of Augusta. Absolutely. Right. Looking forward to getting those running again, hopefully in the near future. Talk about that for a second. Well, you know, we've, we, as with every, you know, I'm sure every, last time we talked on this show, we talked a lot about uh, trying to remain positive during these COVID times. Right. The tourism, tourism industry as a whole, I mean, has really taken a big hit, uh, but uh, we all remain positive. Uh, the great thing is that if I was still doing the trolley tours that I used to do years ago, we'd be having a whole lot more of a different situation. But thankfully, we're going to be getting back to kind of my original origins, which I started a walking haunted history tour all the way back in 2004. So we're getting ready to start those again. The great thing about being outdoors is we can kind of social distance ourselves, which yeah, is a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, we're, we're also taking some time and, and doing some investing on some, well, some equipment and so forth that, that we can extend it to the point to where we can really give our guests a good, safe feeling too. So that's good. Invested a nice audio system for that, but um, but yeah, we're going to, the best thing to tell you all in terms of just make sure that our guests can go to, if, you, if they are interested in, in looking at future tours, the best way to do would be just to go to our, our Facebook page, which is, you know, facebook.com forward slash haunted Augusta tours. And we'll be posting information about that. So that's the like best the page, way. follow along. That's the way to go. All right. So we are here. We've heard a couple of stories and I'll be honest, I've been really excited about a story that you told me pre-show uh, that you were going to talk about, we haven't gotten to it yet. Uh, well, do you want to talk about the Partridge Inn, or how are we doing on our time? I think I would love. Let's let's start with the Partridge Inn. Okay, all right. So the Partridge but Inn. I really am excited to hear about the pillar at the end. Uh, I can't wait to tell you about that too. That's that's actually. Oh, that's. Oh, I, I sure not, missed it. Sure missed not, that. I have not touched. Well, it. Well, this is exciting. In fact, because we are I have gonna, touched it, and because we're doing a live show, I'll be able to I'll be able to show some really cool pictures of that too. Okay, so uh, real quick, very very quickly about the Partridge Inn. Uh, the Partridge Inn is, if you look it up, you can go look, it is considered a haunted hotel. Um, if they, you go there, I think you well, can yeah, easily. Like, well, here, and here's the deal. They actually have a ghost by the name of, this is our, our second Emily that we're going to talk about. We talked about Emily Galt over at the Bellevue. Right. This is Emily, and we really don't know her last name, but she's kind of the classic ghost bride story. So, you know, if you go back to the history of the Partridge Inn, it at one time was a very small little house. It was actually owned by the Meeks family. If you're over in that way, you've know, got Meek Street right I there. I used yeah. to live on Meek yeah. Street. Yeah, well, there you go. That it's, it's, it was actually um, John and Elizabeth Meeks who owned the house. And, of course, then later on you had Mar Morris Partridge, who happened to be the general manager over the part of the Bonaire Hotel, kind of keeping his eye on there. And he right. bought it, and eventually it became what it is today, which is kind of interesting because the, the, you know, the main core of that house is still buried in there someplace. It is. It's, it's there. It's, it's really cool. But anyway, but the story is that when it was the Meigs, you know, it, it, they had it opened up, and there was the story of a, a young lady that was uh, staying there, and she was getting married. And, and uh, her fiancé 
this is during the, the, uh, the, the Civil War period, but he was on horseback and he was down in the valley, down in Augusta. He was actually mistaken for a traitor and he was shot and killed on his horse. So the news comes back up to her uh, and she's, of course, devastated. The people at, at, the, at the, the house were just, just uh, they were just so horrified for her that they didn't ask her to leave. So she stayed there. So the story is that she stayed there for quite some time. I mean, they would bring her food and oftentimes- I've they, heard about this. They would see her in her, still in her, um, her bridal dress. She eventually did go. Uh, she never married. She died an old woman into her early, into her late 80s. And then, but her spirit is still seen today. I was just talking today with somebody that used to work there. And uh, they were kind of giving me some background information about this. But I, I wanted to know so we could pass along to our guests. And if you ever go to the, the, the Partridge Inn, you want to ask for room 427. That apparently, it's on the fourth floor. And apparently room 427 is the one apparently that's got the most activity. But we're talking where... Is that where we're staying next Halloween, Chris? That's it. Uh, Live yeah. from the Partridge Inn. Yes. It's the Halloween special. Infrared, infrared camera. <laughs> I'm sure we could get that. Easy. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that's what I hear. But so, but you know, but they still see her today. I, I was talking to somebody uh, not short time ago that was saying that they worked there and had only been there for a very short time. And we're talking like lights would go on and off, and and like the water would turn on by itself. So she's definitely inactive, and people see her just kind of see her walking down with her dress. Why have we not been profiled by some massive ghost? TV show, you know. Well, where are they? We, we where have, are the ghost hunters? We have a couple times now. You may, we'll have to talk about this some other time. But you know, I got a chance very humbly to be on a show called uh, American Supernatural, which with a, which is in conjunction with the Weather Channel. But you guys, okay. you ever seen Ghost Asylum years ago? No. The Tennessee Wraith Chasers. Oh my gosh, they were great. They came to Augusta and they ended up doing a uh, an investigation of the old Sibley Mill before it became what it is today with, right. the, with the cyber you know, section and so forth. Anyway, so let's, let's, let's kind of, let's take this virtual tour downtown okay. and let's get down to the fun part, which you wanted to hear about. Okay. And that is the legend of the world famous, the haunted pillar. That's right. So you can actually go on uh, next time you guys get a chance, go into Google or whatever your favorite uh, yeah. you know, search engine is. You can type in the words, the haunted pillar, Augusta, Georgia, you'll get in, uh, at least 40,000 hits. I mean, it's, it's world famous. Um, for if those, Chris and I close our eyes right now, can you paint a picture of where the pillar is from? Yeah, sure. Well, we we can we can we can certainly do that. Or if you want, how, how about I could show you some fantastic pictures? How about that? That's great. That's great. <laughs> so I'm going to show this to you all first. Yeah, and I then, see it. Then I'm going to I'm going to do this over here to the camera, so everybody at, at uh, this watch can see this right here. So what you're seeing, David and Chris, this is actually a picture of what is known as the lower market. Okay. Now, this would have been circa about maybe, this picture was right about maybe around 1840s or so that this would have taken. At the time, this was uh, a place of commerce. Uh, it was like the, the, the farmer's market. It was the busiest place at Augusta at the time. And for those people that live in the area, let's say you and I were to drive downtown, get down to uh, Broad Street and Fifth Street. That was the area. Okay. In fact, most people know, if you don't, you can travel down there. We got to be explorers, go down there. And in the middle of the median, you'll see a historic marker that talks about the Haunted Pillar downtown. It's still there today. Uh, so as, as this legend has been going on for so many years, this is something that's been standing around for you know, over, well over, well, almost 200 years. Not, not that, but very close to it. So if you, as you take a look at this picture, again, this is the lower market building. And if you take a look, guys, on the front here, you've got four main pillars, which is kind of underneath the portico. Yes. Right. All right. So the story is back in those days, uh, it was they had obviously their rules and regulations at that time. You were not allowed to hold anything of public uh, 
you weren't a public protest or anything public, but much less you weren't allowed to, they weren't allowed to preach. Now, you got to remember at the time period this was taking place, the United States was going through what they called the Second Great Awakening. And so we had a lot of churches. Most of our churches were built during this time period. And it wasn't uncommon for perhaps different ministers of different faiths to come into the area and to, to want to build their churches and have, have their, their, their particular brand of religion to go forward. So mm-hmm. the story is that the legend is about this haunted pillar is that there was a wandering minister that came into Augusta and he was here to, to basically to, to, to preach. start a church. Yeah, exactly. And so it is said that he came in and he began preaching and the people of Augusta said, hey, you got to get out of here. And he was <laughs> pretty resilient, of course. And, and, you know, they, he was going to get his point across. Well, it got to the point where uh, it got a little bit on the angry side. They decided to physically move this guy. And I can only imagine they take him, they pick him up and they toss him out. I kind of, in my mind's eye, you know, you, you see him where, you know, he's picking himself out of the dust and he grabs his Bible. But what he did was then the legend is that he came over and he placed his hand on one of the columns and it just happens to be this one. If you look at this picture again, it's going to be this one over here, right there. Uh, and he placed a curse on Augusta. And he predicted that there was going to be a mighty wind that would come and destroy this building. And the only thing that would be left standing would be that one column to remind the people of Augusta of their defiance of him and of God's church. And then he left. Well, several years later, we had a weird cyclone tornado that came through Augusta. And it had a winding path, and it, it, you know, there were a few people that were, that were killed, unfortunately, destroyed a few things. But when it finally met its, its, its uh, spot or its destination on that lower market, I mean, you can imagine it just lifted that entire building off of its, of its foundations. And uh, the, 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 uh, that was February 8th of 1878. Uh, ironically, there was happened to be the next day after the destruction, uh, there was a... Um, there was a photograph taken, we pres- presume by somebody with that was obviously made with the staff of the newspaper at the time that took a really picture. And this is kind of, I'm going to show this to you guys because this is really kind of a chilling picture. Take a look at this right here. Whoa. Can you see that? That is the same pillar that he touched. And you can see, you can see it right here, right there, mm-hmm. solely standing by itself. How much can you say coincidence? Yeah. <laughs> It's really strange. This is why we're. This is why Augusta is so famous for this kind of thing. But so uh, we were talking about this pre-show, and that is that right. that the the haunting aspect of it is because a lot of things have happened through the years with this. You know, there have been people that. So there's one story about a a truck that was uh, coming around the corner mm-hmm. that had a big. Maybe you guys heard about this. There's a large bale of cotton, and mm-hmm. he cut cut the thing too short, and uh, it hit the pillar. It broke it. Um, but the, the driver himself was killed as a result of that. Um, there have been, there's another story about uh, a, a gentleman that uh, had heard about the, the, uh, the curse and decided he was going to be the guy to take it down. So he backed his truck up and he connected a chain to it and started to pull it, couldn't go anywhere. And apparently later on that day, uh, farther out, he was killed in an automobile accident. So now I've had people on, on our tours in the past that have, have had some experiences themselves feeling like they just, you know, that, that they've, they have felt something as a result of that. So uh, I haven't had anybody now. Of course, as you, you guys may know, back in 2016, at the end of 2016, we had a drunk driver that hit it and and uh, destroyed it. So mm-hmm. it, it's unfortunately, it's in pieces. By the way, the Did pieces- Did you ever touch it though? Many times. In fact, I hugged it all the time. 
So I love I'm, it. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm kind of immune to it. But that I've always I always said that you know what, what if if when I this is the way I would talk about it in the tours that you know I hugged it all the time. But but eventually maybe something bad was going to happen to me and they're going to ah, I remember that guy he touched that pillar. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but I, I would actually you know truly I would you, actually, you would you would make history. Oh, and and it was really kind of funny because at the presentation you get people and they're really standoffish and they don't want to get near it and and I'm like you know pretending like I'm I'm not really gonna I'm gonna be real hesitant to touch it and then I would just just totally just jump it and, and embrace it real quick. And they, you know, the, the gasp and you, you talk, right. talking a vacuum outside. It was crazy. Uh, but it was a lot of fun, but, but that's, that's that, you know, these, the thing that's so fun about Augusta is we, you know, we are the second oldest city in Georgia, you know, we're, we're only three years younger than Savannah and, you know, Savannah, you guys may know Savannah is the haunt is considered the most haunted city in America. Right. It, it, and which is kind of surprising to me because you think like Salem, New York or something like that yeah. with all this truck, but yeah. yeah but, you, you know, I, a couple years back, I I went when we were in Savannah. I picked up a book, not not too big, and it was Haunted Georgia. That was the title of the book. And I kid you not, two thirds of the book was about Augusta, Georgia. Yeah, it really is. Again, it's just you know, we, we we've got so much going for us here. We really do. And and I and it's like one of those things we we talked about last time is you got to get out and explore. I mean, this is the way it's going. There's so many fantastic really kind of fun stories that we that, that are out there that exist that are just you know really just great so let's wrap it on this michael uh and and thank you so much for being here my pleasure if you could recommend a haunted destination for somebody what would that destination be if they wanted to just really freak themselves out i would say truly in my opinion yeah and this is based on my experience and this is why we want you definitely to make sure you make plans to come on our tour sometime <laughs> i don't want to give away the farm so to speak of course everything, but i will tell you in my opinion Probably the most haunted spot in Augusta, believe it or not, is the old medical college on, on over on Telfair Street. That's part of your tour. It is part of the tour. And what's amazing is that, you know, I say that, and that's like one of the number one places for people to... It's a to wedding venue. Wedding. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, and that's that's another great story. But I mean, honestly... A haunted wedding. The stories that, that come from there will just... I mean, it, there's... There's obviously good things and bad things about it, but at the same time, it, it's it's the kind of thing that kind of... It puts hair on, on the back of my neck, stands up at times. And and to hear the people come on our tours. By the way, I, I've never been an individual that's really seen anything before. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, but I have plenty of people that come on the tours and they, they like to share their experiences afterwards, whatever. But, um, man, it, it, that's a great place to go. That, that's a big recommendation. And, and uh, I'd love to be the one to be able to uh, share those stories with those people. Thank you, guys. Follow him on Facebook, Haunted Tours Augusta, right? And that's not just Halloween. It's it's year-round. Haunted Augusta Tours. Haunted Augusta Tours. Follow him on Facebook. Like him on Facebook. You'll be starting operations soon, and people will know where to go. Absolutely. Thank you, Michael, for coming with us today. Uh, absolutely my pleasure. It's a great time. Love it, absolutely. love it, love it, guys. And thank you guys for uh, watching on YouTube Live. Yeah. Happy early Halloween. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this Augusta Halloween special. We hope to have done justice to one of everybody's favorite holidays. If you have any ideas for what we should do next year, let us know at Drop the Disc Podcast. And you can look forward to a regular episode on Sunday with Blaine Bailey from Trainer Gray. Have a happy <laughs> Halloween. <laughs>